Welcome to Team Genius Audio. I'm your host and coach, George Fushing. Thanks for tuning in to discover strategies, expertise, and techniques to help all teams become dream teams. We're covering team craft, product craft, and leadership craft. This episode first appeared as a live stream on YouTube. Join me every week on my channel to be part of the live cast as it happens. Search for George Fushing or Team Genius on YouTube. And now it is time for this episode. Thanks again for joining. Hello, hello, and welcome to Team Genius Live. I hope you're all doing really well. I uh, chose to do this topping this week because uh, several of my coaches and mentees are in the process of starting a new engagement or um, have very recently started a new engagement. And this is a subject that keeps uh, coming up. So I thought I would uh, share my playbook of getting started that I have refined over, I don't know how many engagements, several engagements or over a few years. And that has uh, proven to be quite effective and uh, helped me a lot to relieve a lot of the issues that I had faced previously. Before developing this approach, it was not uncommon that there was a bit of friction, let's say, in uh, the way that I engaged initially with the sponsor and what I then saw with the teams. And um, uh, what I had tried first was to make a good agreement with the sponsor, but I learned very quickly that the perspective that the sponsor had was not entirely matching the perspective that the teams had. The other thing that I faced uh, was that I... Through the previous experience, either as a scrum master or a product owner um, or in product management previously, I saw a lot of improvement opportunity very quickly and I got very excited. And sometimes I would uh, um, go ahead and pursue improvements uh, um, with some people, but um, be a bit overly proactive, if you know what I mean. And then the, the third bigger issue that I have um, faced more often than any of the um, aforementioned two was that I got really overwhelmed with the amount of work that I've uh, got to do. So these um, three issues that I've just mentioned are what I'd like to offer some strategies and principles around to help you with a smooth landing in a new engagement. And the term landing is chosen purposefully because uh, where I picked up a really nice, very short and simple recipe, if you will, for getting started in a new engagement is I think it was on a course with Esther Darby where I picked up three L's of landing. And those were looking, listening and uh, learning. The initial period is all about us getting to know the system, getting to know the organization and the people and uh, starting to form relationships and agreements and gaining a better appreciation of the journey that the people have been on um, whom we're just uh, joining. With these three L's of landing, looking, uh, listening and uh, learning, they are somewhat self-explanatory. But as I've initially applied them and then uh, still faced some of the issues that I've uh, had, I then added some of my own L's to the list. But before we go into the additional L's that I added to, let's look at the uh, three L's a little bit more. Looking around is to not only look at the transparency, what is actually being offered to us, but also look at what we're not seeing and what we perhaps would like to see based on uh, where we envision that the organization might go or might want to go. And looking is also around not only the artifacts, but also the interactions between the people. How do they engage with each other? Who is engaging with whom? Uh, at what frequency? And so on and so forth. When we're listening to the people, 
we are not only listening to what they're talking about, but how are they talking to each other? Again, at what frequency and what it is that we can learn from that. And that all feeds into the third L, which is all about learning, right? Generally speaking, the work that we do is continuous learning. It is us who need to continuously learn. And it is also the people whom we are in service of continually needs uh, to learn. But uh, definitely when we're starting in a new engagement, we need to make sure that we are in a learning mindset on a continuous basis. Trying to apply these three L, I was sometimes left with a bit of a um, sense of guilt because I had the feeling I wasn't really doing enough. And uh, the reframe that helped me a lot was to recognize that before my arrival, it is possible that others may not have actually made as much time and space for others to really share what's going on, share what they're thinking and share how they're feeling about themselves and how about the work that they do and the organization at large. So just the presence that we're offering and the open ears and uh, the open mind that we're offering in itself is providing a huge amount of uh, value. And another issue that could come up if we are in this learning mode in the first uh, couple of weeks or so is that perhaps a sponsor might um, get a little bit keen on early results. And uh, this is where some of my additional L's are coming in to support this. One is around uh, linking in with the system uh, in order to start collaborating. And that is done through coaching agreements. And the first one would be done with the sponsor who is bringing us into the organization. And that would apply either as an external agile coach or an internal agile coach. In the internal agile coach, it would be the person we are um, in some sense or shape reporting to. The other L that is added to the list by me is around leveraging the system strengths. Wherever we go in the organization, we always want to ensure that we recognize all the positivity that is happening because that is uh, what we can, uh, can leverage or with what we can help the system leverage in order to make progress and help uh, make improvements on those areas that are not as strong and help them overcome what you need to do some uh, some work and it also helps for us to explicitly and openly appreciate the representatives of the system the people and the teams for the things that are really doing uh, well so that there is positive feedback cycle also happening on the things that are running really well for them another l that i would add to the list is around leaving things for now that we see ought to improve at a certain point in time, but where we know from experience that it is better for the people to learn either some other things or to learn more about it themselves first. There are some things that are better experienced than told. And uh, there is a fairly long list and uh, through experience, you will have seen some of those aspects yourself um, also. And uh, even when you tell people about these things beforehand, that is good for um, signposting and for sort of pre-framing. But in uh, some of those cases, the people still need to have the experience themselves. So it is good to recognize them, put them on a list on your roadmap of improvements together with the people that you're working on, but not actively tackle them uh, um, yet. So um, those, I would say, are the additional uh, three L's that I might add to the list. So that would make it six L's of landing. So we had uh, looking, listening, learning, linking, leveraging and leaving.
when we talk about leaving, that uh, brings up another prompt. And this is in particularly poignant for external agile coaches, but I believe also quite useful for internal agile coaches. When we start, we can start with the end in mind. And the end in our mind is that the people that we're working with are in a position where they can continue without us. So we should never really create a dependency on ourselves wherever we work, but we should uh, support the teams and the peoples and the systems development and bring them to a state where they can continue without us and bring them to a state where the input that we can give them is uh, fully taken advantage of, fully leveraged but they can continue to improve with autos uh, and then they should want to work perhaps with another Agile coach with a different background, with a different set of uh, tools or experiences or body of knowledge that they can bring in to take the team to the next stage in their development. So if we start with the end in mind that uh, we are here to serve the people, the teams, the system for a period of time and help them to be tremendously and phenomenally better off than when we started serving them, that um, helps us to be more conscious and considerate in how we're approaching things so that we do not create a dependency on ourselves. Right, I've got a few other strategies and uh, principles available here. I mentioned that there was one time where I made the mistake of uh, making an agreement with the sponsor uh, based on their take on the situation. And then I learned from the teams that the wider reality was actually somewhat different. And it made it a bit tricky to go back and say, well, yeah, I committed to do these things based on your perspective. But what I actually learned was this. That was a mild discomfort. And of course, we need to role model here that we are comfortable in facing that mild discomfort. But I could have avoided that. And the way that you can avoid these situations is where you are fully present for the sponsor and uh, fully listen to them and their perspective, and then ensure that uh, you make a commitment to learn from everybody who is involved in this and then circle back and uh, update them on your findings rather than committing to a specific course of, uh, of action. You're not an extension of the sponsor in um, carrying out a particular direction that the sponsor had in mind, right? You're here to help the system as a whole become more positive and become more productive and reach a higher level of performance and be of better service to the customers and uh, improve employee engagement and all of these good things that, uh, that we're careful and sometimes sponsors are too far away from where the work actually happens as you will probably have noticed right so while they have very strong insights into their day-to-day -day, they may not have the same level of insights into the day of uh, today of the teams so that's something important to note for the beginning and with everything that you're learning from there it is great to form a uh, an, a coaching agreement with the sponsor and while I cover this in my classes this short video is not does not give enough context to give you all of that but as a very quick framework if you will to consider the things that could go into that you could think about the um, five w's and the how so why what where when who and how 
right? So think about these things when you come up with an overarching coaching agreement and this is not a once uh, done and never looked at again. This is an active thing that it can go back to when you catch up with the sponsor going on. After the sponsor, this is where you would then get the introductions to the people you would actually be working with. Usually that will be a set of teams. If you are being asked to look after more than three, four teams in the beginning, you might have experienced this previously. It is very difficult to be of good service um, to them. So strive to do the best that you can with no more than four teams in the beginning. And as you get started, just gain an overview of all the teams that are there and will at some point or another um, be there for you to work with and uh, come up with a, an overarching multi-month program of how you would cycle through the teams. If there is only one of you, or if there are others, then you can work that out together who's looking after which teams. Um, but I have found it uh, very, very difficult closely to look after more than uh, four teams in the past. There was an, an engagement where I was asked to look after a total of eight, nine or so. And I made initial introductions and worked out what the level of desire was and pull was in order to work with me as uh, their agile coach and what the levels of maturity uh, was. And uh, we then worked out roughly what the program was and where I would start and where we would uh, go to next. Another point of note that's really useful here is to offer any managers or leaders who work with the teams to do a one-to-one -one introduction with you beforehand before you get to meet the teams. Some of them don't mind and they would go straight no it doesn't matter just meet us together with the team and others really appreciate being met with first um, on a one-to-one -one basis once again same thing as with the sponsor there is no need to commit to a specific course uh, of action usually what is common amongst the managers and the leaders is that they all want to see some sort of productivity improvement so that's certainly something that you can agree on but any really specifics should be avoided at this point because you haven't really learned anything about the the wide the system yet just from a few voices of the system but not really a representative sample yet right then you get to meet the teams where you can offer your services two things that are really crucial to bear in mind here is even in 2020 not every team has had an opportunity to work with an Agile coach before. Don't assume that they know what an Agile coach is. Don't assume that they know what an Agile coach can do. And don't assume that they know what you can do. It is uh, useful to ask about that and then to offer a little bit of, um, of an explainer on what the Agile coach can, uh, can do, what you can do for the team, and uh, get some initial insights into where they are on their journey and what their pull might be, how interested they might be in uh, working together with you. And the other thing is that even if they have worked with an Agile coach before, don't assume that the Agile coach before you has had an appropriate level of experience or an appropriate level of uh, training and education. Agile coaching is still somewhat new. It's been around for some years now, of course. But uh, it is a growing field and not everyone has, had, has accumulated the right level of expertise and has had the right uh, level of uh, training or has even the right mindset. There are still, of course, uh, some people out there who are um, early in the learning journey and uh, that's okay. But uh, when you start a new engagement, don't necessarily assume that the people before you have large footprints of large shoes that you would um, need to fill. And on the flip side, don't assume that uh, they've done a phenomenal job, right? Basically, don't make that assumption. Simply meet the system roughly where it is, uh, maybe a half step uh, ahead and uh, do the best job uh, that you can.
So always work out um, what their experience is and then um, offer a bit of explainer of what you can do to serve the team based on where they are uh, today. Uh, so that would be another tip that I would like to offer here. When it comes to the services that you can offer the teams, um, be quite clear on what you can and what you can't do, what your background is there for. For example, I am very open about the fact that uh, I am not a technical coach. I know enough to give a brief introduction to basic engineering skills. Um, I could give a, an overview training of what extreme programming would look like, but there are very, very, very obvious limits to my knowledge when it comes to technology. And I'm very upfront about that. So here's a list of coaches that I can recommend when it comes to that and the organization needs some information here, right? So rather than creating space for people to make assumptions about what you could and couldn't do, um, because you're getting started, it's good to be upfront about that and sure, hey, these are the same things that I really enjoy. This is my background. This is where I've experience in. And I'd be delighted to um, serve you in your, in your practice as a team. Uh, here are some things that I can give you a little bit of an introduction, but um, we will soon see the limits of my knowledge. But no worries, I can introduce you to some other people should the need arise. Okay, so it's good to be upfront about that and really calibrate and um, have this agreement with the people and the teams that you're working on in order to ensure that you're getting off to a good start. So uh, then the last tip or strategy that I would like to offer you comes back to this overwhelm that we can often um, experience through all of this learning. So one thing is to actually keep a journal and keep notes of everything that you are learning at the end of the day to clear your mind and uh, note down everything that you're learning. And then in collaboration with the teams to also work out how are you engaging with the teams? Are you uh, supporting their scrum master or agile team facilitator? Or are you supporting their product owner or both of them? Are you engaging directly with the teams, with the teams as a whole? Those are all the things that you'll need to work out depending on where the pull comes from, from the teams and um, what the scrum masters or product owners are interested in uh, receiving support on. Uh, so that, those are all the things that you want to carve out. Something else to include in your learning is whether the organization already has communities of practice in place. If they do, you could share your interest in participating in them. Some of them might not have communities of practice with them. They might get an appetite for it. You could help them start them up, of course, if you're familiar enough about them. If not, um, there's some great work out uh, there, for example, by Emily Weber. She's uh, written a very nice book about it um, to help people get started and uh, further develop their communities of practice. Sometimes they've started, they've gotten a bit flat. So this is where you could offer to help them uh, pick up again. Or you could uh, also, if they are open and interested, um, offer that you do some experience shares there or talks or workshops on new things that, uh, that they might want to learn about uh, more. Whether they're interested in that or not, at the very least, you might want to, of course, participate in the community of practice. You might very well get to learn from some um, other people some things that you haven't uh, encountered yet, even if you're the only adult coach, right? Uh, of course, uh, everyone, you, we can always learn something from uh, everyone we meet. The last thing is uh, as, you, as you canvas the system, right? You um, see all of these improvement opportunities and it is easy to get overwhelmed. Uh, as I said, this is the issue that I faced most commonly until I realized that I could just go back to the three magic words of ask the team. 
I don't necessarily have to work out on my own where to start first. Uh, I might have an inkling, but ultimately it all needs to be paired with what the pull is from the system. This is an easy place to start, right? Sometimes the teams who need it the most, they aren't quite ready to see that yet. They might need to be able to see from a side way as we're helping another team that is already interested in our services before they want to work with us. And that's okay. Usually there are more than, um, than two teams or so when an agile coach is being called in. We don't have to start with the team where we feel they need us the most. If they are not ready to work with us just yet, we can work with another team that might not need us um, quite as much, but they are interested in working with us, right? So we can start there, do a great job that we can. And uh, then before you know it, uh, the other teams will be starting to open up and start to invite you in more. So that's, that's a, a key thing that we also need to pay attention to. As you continue working with the multiple teams, you will start to hear patterns of um, organizational impediments and systemic issues that you can then pick up with whoever is in a position to make some changes about the, um, the system and how the processes work and, of course, also with uh, the sponsor. And whenever you agree in your individual agreements with um, leaders, managers or teams, ensure that you uphold uh, any confidentiality that you agree to. Whenever there is something that um, is being asked Asked for by a sponsor or a leader, just ensure that you make that transparency with the team and share things that they agree to. That helps you to increase the rapport and uphold the trust with the teams. Those are all the tips and strategies that I would like to share with you. That brings me to the end of this particular episode of Team Genius Live, episode 11, all about how to start a new engagement as an agile coach. Thank you very much for watching and I hope you tune in next week for episode 12. All the best for now. All the best for the practice with the team. Bye-bye.